Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 88 of the North Meet South Web podcast. All right, guys and ladies and all you folks out there, this is the first episode of the new year, 2021. Here we are. We made it, Michael. We made it through 2020. We made it. And just as we guessed, 2021 seems to have just as many problems as 2020 did. Who would have guessed? Who would mm-hmm. have guessed? But we do have a vaccine, right? I mean, we do. So that's good news. It's a, good it's news. certainly a step in the right direction. It is. Um, I had I'm a very had, interested to see how you get a hundred million people vaccinated in a hundred days. So I heard, looking. yeah, I heard that they were going to do some sort of stimulus and tie the vaccine, like being vaccinated, as like a prerequisite. So that might work. I mean, if they're like, hey, maybe, maybe, yeah, that might work. Who knows? I have some uh, close friends who actually, because I guess the vaccine is like a two-part thing. You get vaccinated, like mm-hmm. the first part, and then so, so there are people who have been able they fall in one of the categories that kind of you know gets them the vaccine sooner i think so they got their first yep. one and then got a positive covid test so Ugh. it's like dang it well, i so mean close. so i don't know like you know is the covid test like testing i don't know who knows right i'm not sure so anyway they're self-quarantining i'm just hoping that they can get their second did they test did they get tested before or after they got the vaccine after because they have to test like every day for their job so it's like they have to like Temperature check and like rapid test, like practically, like at least a couple mm-hmm. times a week. I would assume that, you know, taking the vaccine would then make it come up on the test. I would think so too. But I mean, the policy says like if you have a positive COVID test that you have to self. I mean, so whatever. So they're doing, they're following yeah, the rules. I know. And so it's just yeah. a little bit weird. So anyway, I don't know what that looks like. You know, I'm not sure. Like <clears throat> normally, so like the, so basically, cause I talked to them. They're like, yeah, I'm asymptomatic. I have no symptoms. Like I feel totally fine. Like zero symptoms. So it's curious if it's like, if it is something like the test is coming up saying like, oh, yep, you're positive. Because normally you wouldn't go get a test unless you were feeling some sort of symptom, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. But since for yeah. their job, they have to get rapid tested every couple times, every mm-hmm. couple days. Yeah, it mm-hmm. came up as positive. So anyway, a little bit weird. But you know what? It's it's good news. They got the vaccine out there and yeah, hopefully, you know, uh, I know I watched some football games today. So that was cool. Like football is still going on and the Super Bowl is still going to happen. And yeah, man, it's good. It's good. So it's onward good. and upward here. Yeah, the, the NBA is, you know, there's no fans allowed in the arenas and the NBA is doing the things to, to make sure that the players are safe. And I've, they're postponing games all the time. Like there's probably one or two a week that they've had to postpone because, mm-hmm. you know, once right, one yeah. player gets it, then they have to contact yeah, exactly. Trace through the team and then they have to go and contact Trace, you know, who did they play right. yesterday and, and then that team's unavailable to play, you know, they're, and they're getting to the point where they're not able to field full squads um, or, you know, you have to have eight players, I think, to be able to play. So, you know, on a roster of 15 or 16, they can't get eight because of, you know, contact tracing and, and you know, then subsequent isolation and whatever, because then they have to go into isolation for right. 14 days exactly. to make sure that Which they don't like develop symptoms. Which is like 10 now or something? I don't know. I feel like they moved it down to 10. CDC officially like, mm-hmm. said, like, there's only 10 days now, so I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. My um, my parents just came back from visiting my sister, and we, like we said to them, don't don't go because, number one, uh, they're, like, Sydney had, which is in New South Wales, had just been labeled or the northern beach has got labeled a, a hotspot so we're like mm-hmm. you know don't go because yeah, sure. you don't know if the borders close you'll get stuck there right, that would suck yeah you might you might have to get sent to quarantine and thing and they were nowhere near like sydney is central kind of um new south wales or, or down towards the bottom southeastern corner of new south wales so they were nowhere near it where they were 
but because they were in New South Wales, even though they didn't transit through the the hotspots or anything, you know, coming back home, they had to they had to apply for, you know, application to come back home as returning residents of South Australia, and and they had to get tested. So they came back yesterday, no, uh, two days ago they came back, and they had to they had to get tested on day one, five, and twelve, and they got told at the board, oh no, you don't have to isolate, you just have to get tested on one, five, and twelve. But if you get tested, you're supposed to stay isolated until you get the results. And like we're we're obviously quite confident that given where they were and, and the fact that they weren't near anyone that we knowing you know that was knowingly infected, they they will be fine. But you know, if they have to get tested at one, five and twelve, well, they got tested on day one and they got their results and, and they were negative on day one. That's good. But that doesn't mean that like between day one and five that they wouldn't develop symptoms. Sure. So right, they, exactly. you know, they yeah. shouldn't but like the the rules are weird. It's like you have to isolate after getting the test result and you have to get tested three times over mm-hmm. a 12-day period. Mm-hmm. But they're like, oh, no, you don't have to isolate. You can just like go about your business. I'm like, well, what if, if, got if a negative day test, one test doesn't right. show anything? Yeah, yeah right. you got a negative test on day one. But what if on day five you don't don't get it, but on day six you present with symptoms? Like it just yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's and, weird. you know, we think it'll be fine, but we're just like, sorry, we'll see you in 12 days once you get that final <laughs> all clear kind of thing because... We told you not to go. Basically, we said don't go. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know, and and you know, Ree's grandpa is you know pushing ninety, and we've got the two year old and the and the four month old. Like we just we said sorry. You made your bed and now lay in it. Yep, I understand. It's like you're. It's like you're. Uh, it's like you're dealing with your children. Like, well, you made that choice. Now you get to deal with the consequences. So mm. there you go. Hey, I'm embarrassed yeah, to talk, say this. We I'm talk em- about good choices. We yeah, talk, we talk about choices. good choices and bad choices with Eli now. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we're like, is that a good choice, Eli? He's like, yes, we make good choice. Okay. All right, bud. <laughs> so when he was jumping on your green screen the other day, were you like, Eli, 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 hey, hey, buddy, mate, mate, is that a good choice? He's like, yes, daddy, <laughs> this is a good choice. Yeah. Yeah. He, um, he doesn't, I don't think he quite knows good and bad, but he's, we're, we're starting to teach him about consequences and he's, he's two and a half now, but he's, he's only just hitting the sort of terrible twos, teenager phase. Mm-hmm. And, there were a couple of days last week where he was like quite like he would the the, the switch would flick and he would just yep. go crazy. Yep. And so there were a couple of days last week when he came home from childcare, we're like, "There's no TV tonight, bud. You have to, you know, there's got to be consequences for your actions." And uh, that was certainly interesting. Yeah. Certainly interesting. Yeah, you hate to do it as a parent, but like it's you know it's good for their good, right? It's definitely for their good. Yeah, well, I mean, if he's not watching TV, that means I can't watch TV. Exactly. Yeah, it's like a punishment for you, man. That is true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Hey, um, <laughs> I was gonna say I'm embarrassed to admit this. Okay, I just looked up Australian states. Uh, did I because when you were saying New South Wales, it's like what is? I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, different different states <laughs> in Australia. I didn't I didn't know the different. I mean, I've heard of them. I've heard of like Queensland and mm-hmm. or Queensland and Victoria. Like I've heard of them, right? But I was like, I don't know what he means. I get it now. I get all the states. They're there. I see him. So, are you in South Australia? Yeah, South Australia. Then we're in South Australia. Yeah, Adelaide. Got it. Nice. Hey, man. Um, you've had some exciting stuff going on, and I think you're probably free to talk about it now. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we're, we're we're okay. We talked to we touched on it briefly on the Laravel News podcast. Yeah, not really, uh, not really content for there, but we can talk about it here now. Yeah, so this is pretty exciting stuff. So, yeah, I think you did. We talk about it? I don't remember how much we talked about, it, but we basically said like you're starting a new job. Congratulations! Um, and that yeah, I think this you. is your fourth job since I've known you. Yeah. So yeah, serial serial job hopper. Yeah, exactly. Moving exactly. around. Um, I mean, 
The first two, I, I kind of left due to financial distress of the of the businesses. <laughs> right, because they, 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 like, they were acquired or something, right, like that? Yeah, one one was just they went through a tough time and they didn't have the work or the you know the, the income to basically it it just looked rocky and they that agency they're still still around now and they're and they're doing oh, yeah. great work and they and they're still working so you know it's fantastic for them the second the company that i went to from there is i think it's changed hands twice since since it was sold when i was there um and they're a little bit rocky they were a you know the data center and they did a lot of managed hosting and managed services and things like that which lots of people kind of are moving away from now and a lot of the big media clients that we had there are sort of it they were they were kind of testing the waters at that point to see you know do we want to do this kind of stuff do we want to you know that kind of exploratory stuff which is why they came to us as managed services to to do all that stuff and kind of test the waters and see if if that's what they wanted to do and then once they decided yep this is this is great then it was a matter of you know they start hiring and they get their own people on board and they get their own infrastructure and, and they start managing their own stuff. And so there was a lot of that and lots of people moving to AWS and managing their own stuff. So, you know, and and the, and the work that I was doing there basically was a lot of that media side of things. And so it, it kind of dried up um, and then there, there wasn't anything to do anymore. So I had the opportunity to jump across to an internet provider and, that that went really well. I was there probably about three months before they announced that they were being acquired. Oh um, gosh! And so I went through uh, my third acquisition in four jobs, <laughs> and uh, stuck around there for three and a half. Would have been four years this this July, and so you know it was it was a good run. Um, but but things kind of started changing here, um, in, in that business and and just the way that it was. The being run and the direction and and it was change of sort of uh, exact level and things like that where I wasn't too enthused about the direction of the company and and you know to their credit I think they'll they'll be okay it's just that I was approached by a company that that had been trying you know we joked about it for a, a year and a half they'd come to me and they're like oh you know I'm going to steal you away from this company and 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 that kind of stuff and nothing ever really came came of it until late last year where they came to me um, and, and they had said, you know, we're, we're ready to make a serious offer. Because I, I had always joked that, I won't go into the specifics of it on the podcast, but I had always joked that um, if they wanted to steal me away from this company that there was a significant, I guess, signing bonus attached to it. And they came, they came to the table on that late last year. And this was on a Thursday. And, and I said... You know, I'm 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 flattered, I'm blown away, but I'm I'm gonna stay here at my current job. You know, I was pretty happy with it and everything was going fine. And then a few hours later, my good mate boss, my good mate, he came to me and he's like, Yeah, I'm resigning. Oh, and gosh. he was one of the one of the original founders of the company that had been acquired and you know, he'd been in the in the game for fifteen years and, and he said, you know, I'm out. And I sort of I thought about it and I was like no, I'm, I'm I'm okay. You know, we'll stay in touch and and we'll still be mates. But the work is still okay here, and and things are going well. Um, and so I I rejected the offer, even though they came to me. You know, yeah, right. With with everything that I'd asked for, and and then the next day, Aaron, because I was you know Aaron's supervisor, I guess, and uh, he came to me and said, you know, 
it's it's happening. I'm I'm leaving. So Gosh. he put in his resignation the next day, and so I went back to this company and I said, uh, "So do you want to put that offer to me in writing?" Um, so they they put the offer to me in writing on Friday. I molded over the weekend, and then on the following Monday, I, I put in my resignation. And there was there was some back and forth between you know me and in the current company. They were you know they 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 tried to to keep me. They met the salary offer. They had no intention whatsoever of coming to the table with uh, with the signing bonus, which I, I totally understand. It's not something that I would expect them to be able to to meet, but this is something that, you know, I'd, I'd wanted to do for a long time. And uh, I couldn't, I couldn't pass up the opportunity. And, you know, another week went by and they were still trying to, to woo me and, and they offered me some stuff, you know, monetary and, you know, financial benefits and things like that. And I said, no, I think, I think I'm still going to take this because I have the opportunity now to go and essentially do the same thing with this new company that I did with the the, the last company in sort of taking a legacy code base, yeah, but something that is you know generating millions of dollars in revenue and and things like that. Like it, it's the kind of thing that like it scales up that quickly and it and it just works. But there's no test, there's no verification, there's no validation of any of that stuff. So you don't right exactly. So making changes gets really nasty, yeah. Yeah, it gets scary and, and, you know, as the company grows, it needs to do different things and it needs to be able to facilitate different things that, you know, just couldn't do. And so, you know, it was good doing that. We built it up quite a bit. We built the team up and and, and the code base is in, in a much better state than it was three years ago and it's much easier to make changes and it's and, and all that good, good stuff. Um, and so I, I get the opportunity to go and, and do that again with you know a, a company that's that's been around for 10 12 years that has a lot of you know legacy code that that works that's not necessarily tested but that you know it's battle tested but it's not automated tested you know there's right, no sure. CR or anything exactly. like that um lots of it is still running on PHP 5.4 yikes so there's the opportunity to you know modernize PHP modernize um what framework is it on possibly some of the practice there's no framework oh my. it's all bespoke PHP right so this is this, this is, is the hardcore um, stuff. Yeah. Legacy, yeah. This is legacy String in the true sense the of, the, of the term. Yeah, so there's bits and pieces that will probably not get converted to Laravel. There's things that will just be vanilla PHP, but it'll be a matter of figuring out, you know, can they be upgraded? Lots of sort of understanding of, of what is there and what can and can't be done and, and possibly why things are still where they are, whether that's through, you know, lack of resources or lack of, you know, just being an outside so, perspective. Yeah. So like when they're when they're bringing you in, right? Because there's not a lot of business value in I mean, the only business value that there is in refactoring an existing code base is to be able to make changes easier in the future, right? So like what's their yep. big like for you, what's the value that they're having you bring to the company from the outside? What are what are they wanting you to do when you come in? Are they saying, "Hey, listen, we want you to spend the first 2 years just basically making it no changes. There's no feature additions. We just want you to make our existing code base better." Like is that what they're bringing well, you on for, or is it just like no? When in, initially it's, I mean, it, it'll be an outside perspective. The, the there's two two developers at this company. One is the founder, so the founder is sure. a technical person, is still okay. in the day to day, writes a lot of code, and the other developer has been there ten will will have been there ten years when I start. Yeah. So, as as you know, possibly, and and as some of our listeners would know that, if you are in one place. In that kind of environment, you know, PHP 5.4, for 10 years, your code is going to be in a certain way. You know, it works. It's battle tested. 
there's nothing wrong with it other than it's not what you would consider modern. Maybe and so to life. be looking at... 5.4 is... Yeah, long, long gone. Five, four, like even seven, three is end of life now. So it'd be a matter of looking at that kind of stuff, seeing if there is a path forward. You know, do we, do you want to upgrade performance? You know, not necessarily for, from a new feature perspective. They're not, they're not want for new features because five, four is serving them fine. Exactly. But yeah. Upgrading from, upgrading from five to seven, there's huge performance gains to be had. And for the kind of work that they're doing, then, then performance is something that would certainly factor into an equation, I would think. Yeah. Um. So that you know, and they've got a backlog of of features. They've got like a a, a feature request thing, like Jonathan Rennick did the the wants. Yes. Right. Thing exactly. Yes. As as part of his inertia demo. Yes. At, at Laracon a couple of years ago. So it's they've got a, a feature board like that, where customers of the business can go and they'd vote on things, they'd submit things, um, and then people would vote. You know, this is the thing, and so it's it's customer driven the kind of things that they're working on. Um, so there's there's a backlog of features that they want to develop that they haven't got time or they haven't had resources or, and, and things like that. And then there's also a couple of projects which will be greenfield, which will be to rewrite their bits and pieces of, of their application space. So it's it's the kind of thing that I enjoy. Kind of as a, as a day job, just doing bug fixes and, you know, run-of-the-mill feature requests and things like that, it gets a bit drab. And being able to like look at things and 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 really refactor them and and modernize them and things like that, I kind of that's in my wheelhouse and something that I enjoy doing. And there's a lot of work on on that front, but there's also you know plans to grow the business and expand and things like that over the coming years. So hopefully, you know this this company doesn't fall victim to the same thing that you know the last one did, where it's it, it becomes a bit of a, a growth thing. You know we want to get heaps of customers on board and i totally get why it became a growth thing and why that needs to happen but not not really what i was interested in so being able to stay technical and and the biggest benefit for me is being able to just you know work for eight hours a day close the close the lid on my on my macbook and be done at the end of it there was lots of days where i was you know Working right up until Eli came home from childcare, um, you know, stopping for dinner and then going back to work. You know, when there were faults, I had to jump on them out of hours, fixing things, helping people, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, right. Whereas this will, would this, this would just be purely programming. There's, there's no, no team for me to look after. There's no, you know, stakeholders across the country that I need to to work with. It's just being able to program, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to. So. Hmm. So, so no team. So you'll be under this guy who's been there for 10 years. So like obviously founder, then developer, then you, Aaron, and then the one other guy that was like, you said, what was he was like an executive or something? Is he, was he leaving to go to this company or just left to go somewhere else? No, he just left. He, so he has been working on his own like separate business, Sure, which is got some VC funding. So he's, it's, um, it's something that we'll probably talk about later. Um, if we remember, once once it's a bit more public, what what they're doing and things like that. Cool. I don't know how much I can say about it, so I won't. Yeah, no worries. But um, yeah, so the the executive he's he's been spending probably the last year and a half or so, maybe two years on on this side thing, and he's got some big names investing in it, and and a lot of companies that are that are using it and and things like that. So that's really taking off now. And, and you know, he said to his CEO, you know, I can I can put in forty hours a week at the current job and I can put 40 hours a week in, you know, basically 
working two full-time jobs. And the CEO of his other company said, if you can work 80 hours a week, I want you to work 80 hours a week for me. So he was like, yep, that's that's what I'm going to do. So nice. I don't yeah. know that 80 hours a week is is wise, but he's got people working here and in the US. So, you know, obviously you're aware of the time zones. So he needs yeah. to be available at all kinds of crazy times of day. So, you know, he'd be waking up at one, two o'clock in the morning to liaise with his team in the US and then he'd be getting up to come to work here at, you know, nine o'clock. So, oh my gosh. No, no thanks. Yeah. So it's, um, it's like having a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So it's, it's definitely interesting place that he's gone into. Aaron had the opportunity to go and be a CTO. Nice. Um, maybe, awesome. maybe we can get him on to talk about it sometime if he's, yeah. if he's interested. So not at the he'll, same he'll company that you're going episode. to? No, no different company. Okay, so, so you guys are all, going to all different different ways. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good to have people at other places too, though, right? Like, it's good to know. Yeah, like kind of spread your uh, everyone, spread your wings, spread your wings a little bit. Yeah, yeah. and, and everyone, like also, it's like there's was, it's like redundancy, right? Like sure. you have some security yeah. and redundancy, I suppose, because you know mm-hmm. people at other places. Mm-hmm. So it's like if something goes down Correct. bad at this place, it's like, hey, Aaron, your CTO, can you think you got a spot for me? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And like everyone at my at my last job was was so sure that I was going to to work with the with the exec, you know, that I'd yeah, been right. poached away. Um, which which there's it's frowned on, you know. It's don't don't go to another company and, and poach staff is basically what it oh, comes for down sure. to. No, in, the, I, in I some of the employment contracts. <laughs> yeah. I've I've yeah. had a, we had a situation where that happened, not in my current employer, but a dude hired a team. And then was like, hey, I want this. And they were like, nope. And he's like, okay, I'm leaving. And then he left and took, and then like over the next six years, took yeah. through, took the rest of the, the creative team with him. And yeah. It's like, eesh. I mean, you know, didn't feel good, there's, right? there's probably, yeah, there's probably a statute of limitations on that. You know, certainly not, I'm going to go and start a new job. And then a week later, I'm going to start stealing people. But, you know, six years is probably fine. No, it was six months. Sorry. It was like six, oh, six months. Uh, yeah, not okay. even. Well, like, six months is probably like a bit It was two weeks. Like over the next six months, he got all of them. <laughs> like, yeah, right. In the first week, it was like one of them. And the next two weeks, it was like another one. And then the next, like, you know, took a while for a couple of the other guys to go mm-hmm. over. But yeah, kind of left yeah. the other company a little bit high and dry. It, it worked out for the best. But yeah, yeah it's like, yeah. A, I understand what you're saying. Like saying it's frowned upon. Like it's like, uh, come on. Mm-hmm. You can't really, that's, that doesn't, it's not good business ethics. You can't really stop. Ethics. And like, you know, if a job posting goes up, on uh, we have seek.com.au, which is the the job the job thing. you know if a job goes up and and one of the people that you used to work with happens to see it and they happen to apply sure, for it absolutely and they happen right. to get yeah. the job not your bad then you know it is what it is but if you're directly approaching people that's sure. that's another story yeah, altogether yeah, so exactly so I'm interested in about this so this other job so you know obviously you said you're going to be jumping into sort of a legacy code base so. Do you have a particular strategy? I know you haven't started there yet. I think you have like another week until you start at this other position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have any yeah, like particular start, strategy you're way. going in with? Or is it kind of just like, well, I'm just figuring it out when I get there. So like you're shaking your head now. So I'm guessing that means, <clears throat> right. Like you're just going to kind of jump into it and kind of figure it out as you go. Yeah. So they're a, they're a service company. So, uh, well, they're a service provider. Okay. They're, they're Intel. Like they're not internet. Okay. Not internet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So... I, I don't know whether I'm being trolled by my new boss or if this is serious and I'm, I'm totally okay with it either way, but I, I may need to do tech support for a couple of weeks, you know, just to speak with customers, to sure. get a feel for the business, to get oh, a feel absolutely. for the systems and things like that. So yeah, there's that. And then in terms of what I'm going to be work, working on, I'm going to have to remember how to write PHP 5.4 because, you know, obviously we're going to lose loads of things. Yeah, uh, it might be less like, painful than you yeah. think. I mean, you still got classes and stuff, right? You know, it's not like you're going way, sure. way back. 
Yeah, there's yeah, some nice There's like though. PHP seven specific things that that I'll lose for sure. Which, you know, and I'll just configure my environment to tell me not to do things like that. You know, you can use Rector and things like that that will tell you if you're that. You know, please make sure that my code sure, base sure. is PHP five point four compliant, and it'll make sure that you don't, you know, sneak a short closure in there or or whatever you know callables that don't. Tell belong. me, uh, or, or I I don't know. It's been so long since I've been in. PHP 5. Tell me at but, least that they're using Composer and not like loading in dependencies. No, no. I don't using. think they load in dependencies. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that can be rectified. I mean, like Composer. So we had a CodeIgniter code base, right? And they used like, I think they called them like Sparks or something. It's kind of what they what their sort of plugin thing was. And mm-hmm. we figured out how to throw composer in there it wasn't too bad but like that was a big difference like that made a huge difference right away because you can start pulling in things like uh stauffer's what are those called like those basically those ported over yeah yeah. uh, laravel standalone yeah exactly yeah i can't remember Mm -hmm. what he calls those but like collections like just collections like okay that feels better like you know like you know pulling in envs from dot env right? That's, that feels better. Okay. Like you, so you get some of those things like, and it doesn't take too long and you feel sort of like a little bit more comfortable. Like, okay, okay. Like I know that I have available to me some of these libraries, or if I need to make a library, like it op- not, it doesn't have to be open source, but it can even be private, like packages that I can pull in, yeah, yeah. you know, like a container where you can just resolve these things out of that. Like instead of having to go all the mm-hmm. way back to the dark ages of like, okay, I have to new yeah. up everything in every single spot. Yeah, it'll be interesting I mean, that's, to see. That's going by the assumption that they have classes in, <laughs> oh in their code base. Man, like, it could all be procedural with PHP. Well, if it's all like, so here's the only thing that I'd be worried about, right? Is if it's, it's like probably one just of, global functions. If it's all like, if you get to the top of like the index.php page and it's like include, 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 and then halfway down it starts HTML and head, like, you know, like that's going to be really scary. <laughs> probably, yeah. You know, that's there's, the there's thing, couple... like, the people build, people do, people, I, I remember seeing a guy, he's like, yep, I made a million dollars using this, whatever, and it's like, literally, yeah, this yeah. is exactly what it is, it's like yeah. inline PHP with HTML, and it's like, it, sometimes yeah, that's it? all you Peter, need. Peter Levels? That's Peter it, Levels, that's the guy, yep, that yeah. guy. So yeah, you're right, I mean, like, it's totally plausible, but like, it's just, yeah, it, it feels And the, like... uh, this is the thing, you know, there are businesses that have been around for, for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years. As long as PHP has been around, because PHP was a language that was built to do this kind of stuff, to get you up and running on the web extremely quickly and extremely yep. easily. And, you know, not to take anything away from the, the programmers and the people that are using it, but, you know, there are modern practices or or even just straight up basic object-oriented programming practices that weren't used in a lot of these applications they weren't needed because we were just quickly writing stuff you know it was red bull or alcohol fueled coding from you know five o'clock friday night to 9 a.m monday morning when you wanted to start billing customers yep you know we've got to build a billing system over a weekend and so you wouldn't sleep for two days and you'd be chugging red bull and coffee and god knows what else and you'd be building this billing system and then on monday you'd bill your first customers and everything worked hands in the air billing system works don't touch it yep and then and now it's battle tested. It works for real customers. You don't need to go back and write tests for that because you're never going to change it because, you, you know, it's always the same thing. And I, as as much as, you know, you and I, and, and I'm sure any of our listeners know that, you know, TDD is the right way and object-oriented programming is good and all that kind of stuff. There are, you know, multi-million dollar businesses out there that are built like this. There are yeah, so many of them true. that you might it's look scary. at it now and cringe. Yikes. Yeah. But... These are businesses that have been around for years and years. Yeah, you know that that they uh, stood the test of time 
in spite of the of the code that they run on. Yeah. And you know, there's a, there's a lot of us now that will start a SaaS, that will build a SaaS, and we'll do it the right way, and we'll use Laravel, and we'll you know make sure that it's TDD and all of that stuff. And it might not last six months. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, exactly. But, but but here's these businesses that are generating tens of thousands of dollars of revenue per day, per week, whatever, that are built on you know some functional a heap of garbage programming yeah, practices. Right. Totally. What what we would now consider to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, even they would probably consider to be sometimes like just duct taped together. I remember I worked on, I mm-hmm. had some, um, it's a couple of years ago, probably two, eh, probably two and a half years ago. Yeah. This guy, it was this, they sold like sunglasses and uh, like, I think it's what it was. It was like cool frames or something like that. That's what it was called. I can't remember. But yeah, like mm-hmm. crazy money. They made crazy money. They're like, Hey, could you, you know, think you could help us build this like coupon code feature thing? And I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was Laravel, Laravel, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, that's the thing is like, just because something is built on Laravel, it almost means nothing. Like it, Correct. there is all sorts of crackpot Laravel stuff out there, man. It's crazy what you find. If 100%. you start going into that world of like, yeah, oh, it's Laravel. It's well, barely like if you can call that Laravel, like <laughs> it goes through mm-hmm. the request cycle, right? You have a control, you have a, you have a routes file. You have a controller and then outside of that, it is just wild country. Like it's like, it's back to PHP five, whatever, right? It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Like it follows no convention at all. It's just all over the place, right? So, you know, like you said, it's possible. It is even possible too, that like you have somebody who's running on five, six, who actually has a better code base than somebody who's running on Laravel. You know what I mean? Like I I Mm -hmm. found this out when we were interviewing developers too, right? I was like, I was looking for people like, okay, I want, you know, I'm looking for people who are Laravel developers. And so like, yeah, sure. Yeah. We're Laravel developer. I found them on Laravel jobs, right? Yeah. We're Laravel. I'm a Laravel developer. Great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well then I want you to build this thing. Like as like, I will pay you for your time. I want you to build this very, very, very simple feature using Nova and Laravel. Okay. Horrible, horrible <laughs> stuff. And like just the worst stuff imaginable. Like you can't even believe mm. that these people like call themselves like, oh yeah, like we, we do this all the time. I'm like, Who's paying you to do this? It's just terrible. Yeah. So yep. anyway, it runs the gamut, right? You never know. Yep. You never it know. Does. Well, I wish you I wish you well. I'm excited for you. I'm yeah. uh yeah, congratulations on all the cool, cool stuff, the cool new stuff that you guys are gonna be working on there and the the fun new toys that you're getting as a result of the your fun <laughs> your fun signing bonus. Super cool. I won't spoil mm-hmm. the surprise. I'm sure you'll have some pictures up. Oh uh, look, the it'll get out that I I am. It's the kind of thing that I don't want to, like, I'm super, super excited about and I want to tell the world, but I, I don't feel it appropriate. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So yeah. if someone asked me in private, I would tell them. So if, if you if you want to know, then I'll then I'll tell you. But um, yeah. Let's just say. It's not, it's not the kind of thing that you jump up and down about. Yeah. Let's just say I'm going sailing on Michael's yacht next summer. <laughs> Not true. Not true. But how cool would that be? They were like, listen, man, we're just going to buy you like a, you know, a 50 foot yacht for, yeah. you know, you'd be like, okay, I'm in, I'm in. If there's one thing that this experience has taught me is that developers typically undervalue themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And if you, and I think it's fairly well established that if you want a, a pay raise in this industry, then you change jobs. Now, I was fortunate that when I, I was planning to change the job, my company came to me and said, well, actually, we can match that. 
And I thought to myself, well, if you can match it, why am I not already being paid that kind of thing? You know, that if you have mm. the capacity to do it, then you should probably already be doing it, not waiting until a doomsday scenario. Yeah, I, um, I mean, yeah. I get it. As a business owner, I would get it. Like you don't want to overpay if you don't have to, but I totally get what you're saying too. Like I get your perspective mm. as well, but like you would have been yeah. maybe less inclined to leave if you would have been paid better, I guess, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah. It's a I good mean, lesson though. Day, it is a I, good lesson. Like I if told you... them, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. But right. if, if, and, uh, so the, the point that I, that I was trying to get to is that pe- people typically undervalue themselves. And so when, when I, said, you know, let's do this. It was aim high and see where we can come back to rather than going, oh, you know, I, I get this much. Maybe if, if I want a new job, I should ask for like 5K more or 10K more. If if you look around and you have an understanding of what someone of, of your skill level is being paid elsewhere and, and what the market is capable of paying. Now, this isn't going to last forever. Like True story. I was talking on, on Slack with, with some people this morning um, and we we're talking about the mining boom. And, you know, there were people that were being paid two, $300,000 a year to be construction workers that would be the guys that stand there with the lollipop sign, the stop yep. sign, the slow, yep. you know, getting 300K a year to just stand around doing that. And then, you know, if it was hot or whatever, then they would go home and they'd get, you know, double time and a half for, for going home. So this, and it was um, one, of the, one of the comments that came out was that we are effectively in the mining boom for nerds at the moment yep. that we can go out and get paid really well to what is ultimate, like it's a, it's a mentally draining line of work that we're in a lot of the time, but it's for all intents and purposes, a really easy job. I mean, look at the office I'm sitting in. I've got pretty lights. I've got the air conditioner on my head. Right. It's yeah. you know hot outside, but I'm in here nice and cool kind of thing. And I've, and I've, I've, I'm another, another person with a podcast <laughs> talking about this, you know, where there are people out there that are doing like real manual labor. Um, we had bushfires. We had a bushfire start. Right. So it was 40 degrees yesterday. We had a bushfire start. Overnight, the wind turned. We had rain. Oh, no. And today we have a flood warning. Oh, so That's anyone Australia. who thinks that climate change is not a thing, like yesterday, bushfire, today, flood warning overnight. So we we are definitely very fortunate and very privileged uh, in, in this industry to be able to be paid well for the work that we do. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I was going to say, I think it's either change jobs or change positions. Right. And if you're not interested in mm-hmm. changing positions, then yes, change jobs. Right. That's it's, um, I, I was, I went to a conference one time and they said first impressions are forever. And the idea was like, if you hire in as the junior developer, you're always going to be the junior developer. You're never getting out of that junior developer salary unless you somehow change positions within the company, but it's still going to be very difficult to do. And you're probably mm-hmm. not going to get paid for, the value unless you change jobs correct right you get typically you get paid based on the band that you're in you know if you come in if if the company has an expectation to pay you say eighty thousand dollars at the role most companies if you come to them and say i want 65 or 70 then they'll be like yeah you're gonna get 70 right they'll pay you what you ask for if you especially if you're under what they're expecting to pay sure Mm -hmm. getting up to the, the right level, you know, getting back to that 80K, they might say, oh, uh, you know, it's 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 hard and I had to talk to some people and move some things around, but we can we can get you to sort of 75. But they were going to pay you 80 when you, when you ask for 65. So, mm. you know, I'm sure that happens a lot. And I'm sure once you get in the band, you know, 
when when you look at a job, there's a salary range and it's like based on qualifications and based on experience and all of that kind of stuff. So, you know, depending on where you lie in that band, you could ask for more. You don't know. Like if if they think that you're credentialed enough and and a lot of the times I, I know that when they were interviewing for, for my replacement and for, for Aaron's replacement that we had heaps and heaps of applications but the number of people that we actually proceeded to an interview with and then and then the number of people that they eventually you know they got to two candidates but there was it was a lot of a lot of applications that get filtered out even from HR like HR goes through them first and filters out the obvious no-nos and then it gets through to sort of like my level and and my boss's level where we kind of filter through for previous experience skill level and all that kind of stuff before we get to you know phone screenings and then we do the interviews and then we you know it's a whole process so yeah it's um changing jobs you know you don't you don't want to do it especially if you're at a good company and you enjoy the the people right. that are around you now yeah. unfortunately for me the people that were around me all left, left. And so I was yeah like, well, exactly exactly i'm not, probably not going to get this opportunity again so i may as well take it now yep yeah um, and it's right. giving me the exactly. opportunity to to have a couple of weeks off to to spend some time at home we got uh, Australia Day tomorrow, so Eli will be home tomorrow and Wednesday, so we'll get to hang out and do some stuff. Nice, and, man, that's great. Um, and and the new the new positions full time remote, so I'll I'll that's never awesome leave too. the house again. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now, like you, bad, know, you right? don't want to leave the house because yeah. of the you know pandemic that is yeah. still going on. Surprisingly, it didn't stop on the sixth of January, so mm-hmm. or the fourth mm-hmm. of November, or whenever it was meant to stop. I don't know. It was supposed to just go away. The hoax was was over. Yeah, I don't know. So like I'm. I, I like being at work sometimes, most of the time, I think, but I do still enjoy remote work too. I'm glad I have the flexibility to do both, uh, kind of mm. like whichever. But yeah, we yeah. have we yeah. have an office here in in Adelaide that I will probably go to like once a fortnight, just sure. when I need to see some people. Yeah, for sure. Not That's my nice. wife and my children. Yep. But for for the most part, it would just be work from home. My iMac that that I had for my last job went into the shop last week to have the fusion drive which seemed like a good idea in theory but is actually a they're horrible horrible, horrible oh my thing. gosh so bad so i swapping the one terabyte fusion for a one terabyte ssd nice. so that will be coming home and that awesome. will then become my just my computer so i'm with with having more time at home you know not having to commute and things like that i'll have maybe an extra hour a day between lunch and you know that commute to hopefully be able to do some streaming uh hopefully be able to put together some videos and and things like that so i'll use the imac to do that kind of content creation mostly because it's got a 16 by 9 display the 16 inch macbook is a 16 by 10 so it's a bit trickier to get the aspect ratio right when you're exporting to to 16 by 9 for for youtube so i've I've got a couple of ideas for what i want to record sometimes i just want to jump on and just feel my way through i did did a test recording on youtube a few weeks ago which was just me going through what I thought was the then ping me bug. And it was 20 minutes of me testing out uh, the green screen and the recording and all that kind of stuff using Streamlabs instead of Ecamm, which we're using for, for this podcast. Right. Yep. Just just to test it out. And it was essentially just me talking my way through problem solving for 20 minutes, which may or may not be interesting to people. Um, I find it, I, I personally find it interesting because you want to see, it, when you go on the Tailwind videos, for example, the ones that Adam does live when he's doing stuff, you can... You see the thought process around how he's putting things together as opposed yep. to just a polished video of like click, 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 and it's done. It's, sure. it's seeing how people think through problems, um, how they construct their tests, how they, not in the tailwind example, but, you know, I was going through, all right, we need a test for this specific scenario and then going through the, the code and, and things. 
at the end of the day, it turned out there wasn't actually a bug. So it was 20 <laughs> minutes of, you know, spoiler alert, nothing nothing came of it in the end. But, um, yeah, so there's a bit of that that I want to do, just live streaming um, interesting problems that I come across or, you know, solutions. There's the the collection stuff that we did for Then Ping Me where we talked about, you know, taking the Stripe array of plans and putting that into a collection yes. and then being able to interact with that collection. Like I think that would be an interesting thing to put some videos together and talk about a little bit and and maybe maybe put together a course of some description this year. Maybe. I think I have an idea uh, yeah. for one. I just I have an idea for what the course would be, but I don't have an idea in terms of like layout or content, like a content outline or anything like that. I don't know how to go from start to finish and what would be interesting. So, you know, maybe some live streaming to, to fill that out and, and go from there. We'll see what happens. That's cool, man. Yeah, it's awesome. It seems like I, lo- I love all the equipment that you got. It looks really great. Yeah. And I got one of the, because I've got the iMac, that's where I was going. Because now I've got the iMac. Because I was going to go into the office sometimes. I didn't want to have to be like keeping yeah. environments in Back sync and yeah, code in sure. sync. So I got one of the new M1s. And they asked me, what, what do you want? So I got one of the new M1 Airs. And nice. I haven't done anything beyond setting up you know, Mac OS and getting um, my dot files on there and things like that. But just that experience, um, everything, for anyone who's got reservations about, oh, things might not work because it's ARM. Um, I, I haven't run into any issues with anything. Docker works. That's not awesome. that I use Docker. Yeah, that's good heaps, because... Because I'm going to be using PHP 5.4. I want to keep like modern PHP on my MacBook for running Composer and things like that. But for the environments that i am be, be working in, they're either going to be remote development servers or Docker containers locally so that I can keep PHP 5.4 and whatever separate. But it, it flies. The only the only thing that I came across was that there is no ARM build for MySQL. So if you're putting MySQL into Docker, you have to use MariaDB at the moment, gotcha. which is not the worst thing in the world. Like Maria is fine. It's it's mostly feature compatible with MySQL anyway. Yeah, it's um, close. So, it's close. Yeah. I've had some issues with it, but not too much. So yeah. Well, dude, that's great. That's exciting. I'm. Um, it'll be interesting to see kind of what the next year brings. I, uh, I'm kind of doing some of that with my teams. So, like, you know, for me, what's been going on with work recently is I have kind of come to the painful realization that the vast majority of my time is just not going to be spent doing development anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. I still get to do it when I care to or when I really want to, but the most effective I can be is in really learning how to effectively delegate. But it gives me some interesting opportunities too because I'm still sort of like the, um, what's it called? The person who basically interfaces, right? I'm the guy who basically discovers the features and then sort of like describes them in the best way that I can and mm-hmm. then hands them to the developers. And I'm still technically capable, so I can make really yeah. probably solid suggestions on how I would like it to be architected. But at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I don't have time to nitpick and babysit the code either. So that's what I used to do. I used to do a lot more of that, where I was like, listen, guys, like I think the way that you're building this isn't really maintainable, so I'm actually going to suggest that you do it this way instead. I already under- I understand yeah. like you've built the feature out, but I think you're making a mistake here, so like let's go this way instead. Much less of that. Like I still review the code. Yeah, but you're reviewing code, but you're kind of more BA project managery. Yeah. Then yeah. you know, and as you get further removed from the code, you'll be more BA project manager and less technical reviewed, tech laid kind of thing. Yeah. And so I think for me, the thing that was really stressing me out a lot was I was very, very, very concerned with the code quality 
which is fine. Like it's good. But at the end of the day, like I found that most of the time, like a cursory review of that material, as long as I have my other two developers kind of self-checking each other as well, they're not going to make such a big mistake that it's not something they can't learn from and recover from. It's very rare that they're actually going to make a mistake so large that it's going to be like, they can't recover, right? So kind of what I've adopted instead is like, I'm willing to, like what I try to do is on the front end, I try and make really solid and good suggestions for how I believe something should be built and try and do a really good job of fleshing out the problem and any potential roadblocks they might run into and mm-hmm. then saying, go this direction and then letting them go that direction. And at the end of it, giving it a quick look over, having them put, compare notes with each other and saying, making sure that it looks good. Maybe making some, like if I see something that actually will be a problem saying like, Hey, you might want to take a look at this. Like you're running this at the wrong time of day or whatever. Like that's not going to work because of this schedule conflict and then letting them go with it. And then when it breaks, not jumping in and being the guy who fixes it, just being like, Hey, you wrote this code, you get to fix it. And they, I mean, I feel like they've grown leaps. Maybe, I mean, I say that. I feel like maybe it's just the fact that they're now taking, they, they understand that they're taking responsibility for their own code, like that when it breaks, they're going to have to fix yeah. it. And so they're being more careful, right? They're writing better tests, like they're they're doing a better job, like doing end-to-end tests before it gets shipped. And so as a result, we kind of have less breakages. And when there is breakages, it's, mm-hmm. it's not me jumping in and doing it because I've sort of like handed the delegate, I've, I've given them the authority to make the decision and said, here's what my thoughts are, but you decide and then you get to deal with the consequences of it. So so that's been good. Um, And so learning how to like effectively do that well with my teams, I think has been, has been good. I still do enjoy jumping in. And the cool thing is like, I got to do a project this last, like right before the end of the year that was like all live wire and, and tailwind and Alpine and whatever. So I still get to jump in and do stuff when I want to. It's just, I don't have to. There are some days where I just don't feel like it. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, I don't really want to do that today. And so I don't have to, which is cool. Uh, but I yeah, there was to a stuff. whole bunch of stuff that I was like trying to get done before I finished the last job. But there was one project. There was one project that I a wanted to do and b had to do before I finished. Sure. And I, I finished it and deployed it at like one p.m., one thirty p.m. on my last day, just as I walked out the door to the pub. And so, but yeah, the, the delegation was good, especially once the team got a bit bigger and I could yeah. say, "All right, you're good at doing this. You can deal with that." Um, still fielding questions. That person has now accepted, I believe, my role. So Sweet. they're. That's They're good. good, good stead. You know, it's good for so, them. So yeah, and well, that's that's like a, a testament to your your skill as like a um, sort of a team lead too, right? It's like your your job is sort of to like train your replacement almost. So you did a good job in that. Well, like, I mean, my the last six months was me just throwing them in the deep end and answering yeah. the questions. They had. Right. So, yeah. Pretty much. And yeah. now they now they're in the ultimate deep end where like right now I, they, I I've had a few conversations with them over the last couple of weeks um, since since I left, but they're like they'll they're more than capable which is fortunate. It's just the volume of work outweighs the the capacity of the team at the moment. So that's the only thing. And and the new they've they've put offers to to people to replace uh, myself and Aaron and they start mid mid next month, I think. So they're not too far off. It's just a, a little bit of a, a bumpy ride between, you know, now and then for them. Sure. But uh, it should be okay. Nice man. That's awesome. Well hey, we can start wrapping this up. I was going to say we are looking, uh, we, we've been so thankful to have Fathom Analytics on as a sponsor over the last year. They have been awesome. And of course, their company is 
uh, super rapidly as well due to the amazing mm-hmm. work that they do there. We're so excited for them. We are going to be parting ways as far as sponsorships uh, go, but we are still recommending them to anybody and everybody who will listen to So Fathom Analytics. Yeah, definitely go check them out. Uh, we have a couple talks with a few other people that we're working on right now as far as sponsorships. So look for a new sponsorship in the coming year. And um, yeah, outside of that, man, I think I'm going to call it a night and get some sleep for tonight. I got to start another week tomorrow. And I know you got kiddos that are uh, waiting to see dad. Is Eli up yet? Yep. Uh, well, Eli's at childcare today. So oh, okay. Gotcha. We're okay there. Yep. Yep, yep. 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 Sweet, man. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us and hanging out. This was episode 88. If you'd like to find show notes for this episode, you can find them at northmeetsouth.audio slash 88. Of course, if you like the show, we would really appreciate it if you'd rate it up in your podcatcher of choice. Five stars would be amazing. And if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Dorinda, or at North South Audio. All right, everyone. Until next time, my friends, we will see ya. See ya. Bye. And we're out.